Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am the tech editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as he usually does, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Hey there. And hey, Chris. Let me ask yeah. you something. Uh-huh. What do you think when you hear this? I think I probably shouldn't have eaten lunch right before this podcast. Oh, I'm not feeling so well. Yeah, and everyone else out oh. there is probably thinking roller coasters. Oh, man. Uh, so we decided we wanted to talk about how roller coasters work. Um, now, now, Chris, uh, are you a roller coaster fan? Yeah. Is that a lie? No, it's not a lie. Okay, just um, checking. <laughs> but uh, but I I'm not an extreme roller coaster fan. I'm okay. not the kind of person that that travels cross country or sometimes around the world to find the biggest and fastest and most terrifying roller coaster. I'm I'm generally quite happy with the stuff down at the local amusement park. And honestly, I'm a fan of the wooden roller coaster. Oh uh, yeah, I wooden love roller those. coasters. Those are uh, if they're well maintained, they're great. And if they're not. They will beat you up. I kind of uh, like it when they beat you up, though. Do you? Yeah. Oh, my I, gosh. Seriously. Okay. Well, I've got a coaster for you to ride. Okay. Um, I am also a, a fan of roller coasters. I would not call myself a, a, a diehard fan because I have also – I've only taken trips to like Cedar Point. Which I was going to say, but that's a good place to go. Yeah. It's across the country from where we are. True. But, uh, I haven't I haven't specifically gone to things like Kings Island or anything like that to yeah, to, yeah. to ride all of the roller coasters out there but I do love roller coasters and I love the really uh super mega coasters too the really really tall ones super, super mega, mega coasters coaster. I love them love them <laughs> so we thought we'd talk a little bit about what makes roller coasters work Yes. And, uh. Maybe we it, should give a little history of the roller coaster first. Okay. And this is, uh, if you've already seen the, uh, the episode that High Speed Stuff did, uh, they took a little bit different tack on the roller coaster than we're going to, I think. So, yeah, they uh, talked mostly about. So don't about, tune out. Right. They talked talk mostly about, about the, uh, the tallest and the fastest and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely good. About, it's worth checking out. Yeah. We're going to talk more about the actual mechanics behind roller coasters. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you want to know about the fastest and tallest ones, definitely check out the High Speed Stuff episode. It's archived. Yep. So uh, but the we're gonna, history of roller coasters. So okay, we're going to so, go to France for this? Yeah. Actually, if you want to go even further back, okay. the, the genesis of the whole idea of the roller coaster just comes from the fact that human beings, we as a whole, are insane. And occasionally we like to throw ourselves down inclines and see how fast we can go before we come to a, st- a stop, whether that's sudden or hopefully a nice, gradual, gentle stop. Yeah, you know, I was thinking that very thing when I was watching the uh, ski jumpers at the Olympics Yeah, not too long ago. Yeah, that's so I was a going, very... what made somebody decide to, you know, hey, I wonder how far I can go. Right. This is a really <laughs> tall, tall mountain. I want to strap some wood to my feet. Slide down at a blistering speed and then jump off something. Yeah, uh, yep. yeah, that would I would say be the same sort of uh, the the thrill seeking part within us mm-hmm. that generated roller coasters. Yeah, I would so say. France uh, kind of took an idea that had already seen some uh, uh, some success in Russia, mm-hmm. which was essentially a uh, a series of slides that would go down mountains that you know the slides were covered in snow or ice and people would slide down them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the, you know, the roller coaster is based off of just a slide. Right. Now, the roller coaster in France that you're thinking about, I believe, is a, 
that was the first one that was a, a documented case of a cart on a track. Yes. And that was, uh, which was an attempt to, uh, to, uh, actually, uh, take the Russians idea and make it something that you could do all the time. Right. In because fact, it, it was named for Russians. As it turns out in, in France, snow is not always on the ground. So if you don't have snow, you don't have something to, uh, to make that trip down the hill at least a little pleasant, then you have to build tracks and have a cart with wheels on that track. So it goes down the predefined, um, track. Route. Yes. Oh. Well, I was going to use a word other than track, but, uh, <laughs> So well, you were, you know, on that track. And the, the first American coaster was a, uh, uh, was a converted coal train. Yes. It not, was not uh, the uh, saxophone player. No, no. <laughs> so this, this coal train would go up a, uh, a really nice picturesque mountain, uh, in Pennsylvania. And then, um, once it got to the top, well, it was only one way to go back and that was back the way you came. So they would just essentially kind of, uh, Roll backwards, screaming all the way down as people uh, held on for dear life, and I'm sure it was a very bumpy and chaotic ride. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I would I'm go positive. on it five times. <laughs> so that I'm, was. I'm sure, however, that it had not been inspected every day like modern day roller coasters right, right. are. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely would have. <laughs> I would have been taking my life into my own hands, especially after ride number one. Uh, so. This leads us to the wooden roller coaster, which yes. is kind of the, the basis of all uh, coasters that followed. And uh, the wooden coaster is a is a thing of beauty, I'd say. Oh yeah, you know the the them. famous one in Atlanta is the Great American Scream Machine. Yes, yes. My uh, my favorite would be uh, Thunder Road at uh, Paramount's Carowinds near Charlotte, which is where I grew up. Mm, I've not ridden that one. Yes. So uh, lots this... of bumps and, and and jolts on that one. For yeah, sure. yeah. Well, and the wooden ones do tend to build that up. So. It's based on the principle of gravity. Pull stuff down. Yeah. Well, there's some other stuff in there, too. Yeah, but basically gravity you know, is what's Inertia. Gonna, inertia, sure. Centripetal force, if you want to get technical. But, blah, uh, blah, 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 physics. Blah, blah, physics. <laughs> uh, so the basis of a roller coaster is that some sort of mechanism pulls you up to the top of a very tall hill. Mm-hmm. And then... The, uh, and you must raise your hands in the air as this is happening, apparently. Yeah. I mean, you have to do it. All right. We're going to get mail about that and you get to answer it. So well, the, no. Aren't you supposed to raise your hand? And I always wondered that. I'm like, okay, it's going to take a good seven minutes to get to the top of this hill. Why is everybody raising their hands now? <laughs> well, it's people who are nervous, I assume. At any rate, the once you get to the top of the hill and you start going down, then gravity pretty much does the rest of the work for you. Yep. And you are pulled along the track. Uh, you might, depending on the roller coaster, have a second hill that um, will – there will be some sort of mechanism to pull you up the mm-hmm. second mm-hmm. hill so that you finish the rest of the trip. Or if the first hill is tall enough, that might be it. That might be the, enough to generate the, uh, the, the energy you need to complete the entire ride. Yep. Now, in the case of most wooden roller coasters, this uh, energy is generated through a chain lift. Yeah. Which is, Which is the sound of the, uh, you know, tick, 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 tick. That's you part hear. of it. Yeah. 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 That's part of it. There's, there's actually a second element that also can make that ratcheting noise. But, uh, the way a chain lift works is that along the first hill, there is a length of chain that's in sort of a conveyor belt, uh, configuration. Mm-hmm. And it's being turned by a very large engine and, um, and some wheels. So the, underneath the coaster train itself are a series of hinged hooks. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the term for this is uh, chain dogs. 
<laughs> so the chain dogs hook into the chain, the loop of chain. The chain, as it turns uh, or as it is propelled up the hill through the turning gear, pulls the coaster up to the top. And as the coaster gets toward the top, the hinged hooks unhook from the chain. And uh, the coaster is pushed over the, the very top of the hill, and it goes down, and then gravity does the rest. Right. So uh, it's a very simple mechanism, really, when you look at it. I mean, there's there's not a whole lot to it beyond that um, as far as getting the train started. Now, stopping the train is a different matter. Well, not entirely in a way, because you're moving – Basically, for those of you who have taken physics yet, I know some of you probably haven't yet because we have some younger listeners. Um, going up the hill, you've got lots and lots of potential energy, right. uh, energy that's being built up uh, or, or just waiting to be released, I should say. And uh, as soon as you get to the top of the hill and it, the train starts going over the hill, it's, it changes into kinetic energy, which is, you know, woohoo, look out, we're moving. But very good. Stopping. I think that's actually in most textbooks. Woohoo! Look out, we're moving. It is. Well, it wasn't mine. All right, there we go. Although I have to admit, it was written in blue ink next <laughs> to the text, so maybe it wasn't put there by the publisher. But that said, getting to the to the end of the line, um, you know, by by putting hills in strategic places, you can use those to slow the train down by converting that kinetic energy back into potential energy. Right, too. and through things like friction. That's always going oh, yes. to take away some of your energy. You lose energy in the form of heat. So the, the coaster will generate heat as it's moving around, and that, that also means that you have a net loss of, uh, of energy. So your, your coaster is going to slow down over the course of the, uh, the track. Mm-hmm. Um, unless, of course, you were to somehow uh, maneuver it so that it hit a infinite hill going downward. But um, no one's figured out how to do that yet, or else I would have ridden it already. Actually, you'd still be on it. Yes, technically I would still be riding it. <laughs> I'm calling you from the infinite roller coaster, and uh, so anyway, um, so yeah, you've got now. Now, here's a couple things for us to talk about: the braking system. I mean, there is usually a braking system at the end of the track because otherwise well, yeah. you would just have to wait for it to coast to an end. Um, but I imagine that would be far less effective if you didn't use other methods to slow the train down enough to the, let the braking system sure, take over. Sure, sure. But, you know, most coasters I've been on, mm-hmm. there's a there's a very audible and physical <laughs> braking moment where you, you, you're you actually thrown forward a little bit from the coaster coming to a stop. Yes, that, uh, that explains the uh, permanent indentation I have across my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> from, from the seat in front of you? Um, so the... The coaster has these fins that go down below the the uh, the coaster that enable itself. them to swim. No, oh. the fins are used as part of the braking mechanism. Now there are a couple of different ways you can use the braking mechanism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have one that just uses physical friction. So the right. uh, the the brakes are all built into the track, not into the train. Yeah. So the well, that track kind of makes sense. right. Yeah. So the track has this this braking section along uh, part of it as the train passes through. The brakes uh, uh, initiate and then close in on the fins and then slow or and slow the train and then stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't have to necessarily just be physical like that. You could also use magnets. Mm-hmm. You could have a uh, uh, you could have fins on the coaster that have a a uh, a metal that reacts to magnets, and then you use very powerful magnets which will gradually slow and and then stop the train from moving. Sort of the uh, the opposite of a maglev train, not literally an opposite, right. but you're using and, the magnets to stop are, instead of there are coasters that actually use magnets to to uh, push a train, but mm-hmm. they're 
there aren't a whole lot of coasters like that, but we'll yeah. talk about those in a second. Okay. So, um, uh, the other thing you have to remember is that there are, uh, there are other wheels on the coaster itself that help prevent it from flying off the track. Yes. So indeed. you usually have a, a set of wheels. First of all, there's the set that's on the track itself. Mm-hmm. There's usually a set that's on either side of the track to keep it from slinging off to the left or right. Mm-hmm. And then there's a set underneath the track to keep it from flying off uh, when you go up hills. That would be sort of a buzzkill. Yeah, there's nothing quite like having your coaster careen off the roller coaster track to really ruin your time at the fair. Yes, that would that would indeed do that. As a friend of mine once said, that'll ruin your whole day. <laughs> so that's the traditional coaster chain lift. That's what you see on wooden coasters most of the time. Um, mm-hmm. And wooden coasters have a lot of limitations. Uh, yeah, they absolutely do. Because they need, you know, you need to to build that that really strong support to keep the, the coaster stable. That's where you see all that lattice work where mm-hmm. all the cross beams that are supporting each other, uh, which is why most wooden coasters don't have things like inversions. Inversion, of course, would be any time where the coaster is turned upside down. Um, you don't see many of those in wooden coasters. I've heard there have been a couple that have done it, but it's it's not easy to do just from the the standpoint of you have to be able to support the track. Also, uh, of course, wood is something that ages with the uh, the environment. You've got a lot of uh, you know heating and cooling expands and contracts the wood, plus you know rain and other things. Termites. So, termites. I mean, these are things that you have to be wary of because when you're building the infrastructure for a roller coaster, obviously you want to keep it safe so that you're uh, you know no one gets hurt. So it, it requires quite a bit of maintenance. Yeah, that's so. that's why most coasters, wooden coasters, take a formation of what I always heard as a, a out and back. Yeah, it goes uh, out through the park and then comes back to where it started. Um, there aren't it's it, the the thrills of the ride are all based upon the hills. You know how high you go up on that first hill, how fast yeah. you're going when you hit the bottom. Yeah, the angle of the the drop so yeah. that it you know makes your stomach feel like it's dropping out. Right, right. So th- those would be where all the thrills are come from for yeah. those. But yeah. then. Came tubular steel coasters. Yes. Now these are the monsters that let you do things like inversions, corkscrews, Emmelmans, uh, uh, loops, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, these are the coasters I love. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the steel being, you know, certainly more weather resistant. Right. Um, than the wood. And, uh, of course it can be made into all kinds of shapes. Um, so you can, you can do all kinds of things and it, uh, also allows you to do, in addition to, uh, you know, things simple, the, the bends and things, you can also do different kinds of, you make different kinds of cars, mm-hmm. like the stand up and sit, uh, you know, the, the inverted and suspended cars. Right. Where, where the track is above you. Yeah. Yeah. The ones that make you feel like you're flying through the air. Yeah. Um, um but you can't do that with a wooden coaster. No. Because no. you have to, you can, you can do all these things with the track and subsequently build the cars to take advantage of that. Right. So you can also put in new forms of, uh, launching your coaster. Ah, uh, yes. So some, some tubular coasters still use the, the chain lift method, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the sure. same way the old wooden ones do. Well, it works. But a lot of them also use, or rather instead will use something like a catapult launch. Yes. Which, uh, as you would imagine, it, it is uses a device to launch the train very quickly from a standing position to full speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are various ways of doing that. Some of them use linear induction motors, uh, and that's where you generate an electromagnetic field 
to uh, to move the coaster along the track. Now, there aren't very many of these. Mm-hmm. There are only, I think, maybe half a dozen to mm-hmm. a dozen or mm-hmm. something like that, just yeah. because it's – I mean, that's a very technical way of doing it. And there are other ways that are not as technical yes. that people have found to be easier. So you don't see those uh, that often. But uh, another method just uses a series of wheels on either <laughs> side of the coaster. Yeah, can and I the, tell you a story? Go ahead. So the very first time I got on the Hulk ride um, down in Orlando, Florida. Yeah. Um, I we my wife and I were sitting in the car and looking up the hill, and we saw you know of course we're at that point we were on a chain lift, mm-hmm. so because they were sort of maneuver you know doing that to do the the bulk lifting right. if you will to get us started up the hill. So we're looking up and I see all these wheels spinning on either side of the track. And suddenly my mind flashes back to this Hot Wheels set of my brothers, right? which had a little rubber wheel on either side of the track. And I said, oh, yeah, that's the, the wheel they use to, you know, propel the cars around the – hold on. <laughs> right. <There's laughs> that no was about the point. That, point. <laughs> that was about the point at which we caught those wheels. And uh, right. the, the wheels spin in opposite directions of, from one another. Right. And just – the car takes off. As a exactly. Result, it's the same it principle that you see in things like, uh, like automatic baseball pitching machines. Yep. Where it's just, it's using that amazing amount of, uh, friction to propel you forward. Yep. And, uh, so that, that's, that's a it pretty, works. yeah, it does work really well. <laughs> and then there are hydraulic and pneumatic nice. mm-hmm. launch systems. Now, hydraulic launch systems, these are pretty cool. They use a hydraulic, you know, hydraulic pumps, which mm-hmm. pump fluid into a piston. All mm-hmm. right. So you've got, uh, one side of the piston, the wet side, which is where the hydraulic fluid is pumped in. All right. And you have the dry side, which has gas in it. All right. So as you're pumping fluid in, it's pushing the piston toward the, the, uh, the gassed end, mm-hmm. which is compressing the gas. And, uh, you create an incredible amount of compression. Yes. Now, when you've built up that compression to a certain amount, you are able to release that compression, which then, uh, generates enough energy to, Move some uh, a winch very 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 quickly. Mm-hmm. Now the winch pulls a line which is attached to the 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 uh, base of the coaster itself uh, forward. Right. So the winch is turning really really fast. It's pulling a line, kind of like if you were uh, reeling in a uh, a fish. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But reeling in a fish faster than any human being could ever reel a fish in. Right. This pulls the coaster forward and launches it from the the standing still to, oh, my God, I can't believe how fast we're going. Yes. <laughs> I've been on several of these. Then there's also the pneumatic one, which uses air, uh, compressed air to launch vehicles. It's kind of similar in a way, um, mm-hmm. although it doesn't, you know, there no, there's no hydraulic fluid there. There aren't very many pneumatic launch coasters. Mm-hmm. Most of the catapult ones that you can uh, find in, in amusement parks today are of the hydraulic launch variety or use the, the wheels on either side, the friction method. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was going to talk a little bit about a very specific um, launch coaster just because okay. it's a good example. Yeah, yeah. Sure. The Top Thrill Dragster at Cedar Point. Oh, okay. Okay, this coaster is a very simple coaster in a way. Uh, it has a straight track from the launch point that then shoots straight up 420 feet. You turn 90 degrees and you come back down that that hill and then you come to a stop. So uh, at launch, when you when by the time you are starting to go up that hill, mm-hmm. the coaster is going approximately 120 miles per hour. Um, That's reasonably fast. Yeah, it's pretty fast. What's really interesting is that there are computer systems that gen- – 
judge uh, based upon the weight of the train how much energy is going to be needed to to propel the train up and over the hill. Now, ideally, you're going to use just enough energy for that to barely happen. Right. Because you don't want to use too much. You don't want to propel them too quickly or else they're going to be coming down that hill faster than they are supposed to. Right. However, if you don't use enough, well, you then you come... start to slide backwards, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes that does happen. I, I actually saw that I've ridden this, this coaster. I'm sure several of our listeners have also ridden it. Um, and I have seen while waiting in line, a coaster come back down the hill. Uh, it's not as scary as you would think. Uh, there are permanent magnets in the track that activate after the train goes by mm-hmm. that slow the descent. So it's not like an, it's not like you're hurtling down 120 miles per hour. <laughs> well, they had to have been uh, prepared for such an eventuality if they were, you know, concerned right. enough to put in a system that would automatically detect. Right. So the magnets are are what save you in that sense. And they're permanent magnets. They're not electromagnets because, of course, they were electromagnets and there was an electricity failure. You wouldn't have the electricity to generate the magnetic field. Right. So with permanent magnets, they're all, there's always a magnetic field involved. They don't have to worry about uh, – you know, the somehow losing the ability to generate the electromagnetic field. Um, it's a great coaster, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. especially if you can ride in the very front car. I'm, I'll take your word for it. I rode it twice. Um, not my favorite coaster, but it is a pretty good one. Um, let's see. I, that pretty much covers the basis, uh, the basics of, uh, roller coasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, as you mentioned, there are those that are suspended coasters where the track is above you, mm-hmm. but they work pretty much on the same principles as the, uh, the ones where you're, you're on top of the track. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the beauty of roller coasters is that while you can put in new tricks and twists and things like that, the, the basis for the entire ride is still grounded in physics. Yep. Yep. Pretty neat. It is indeed. Um, you yeah. know, you could get very technical and talk about inertia and, all that. What That's keeps more you in the... stuff from the science lab. I will thank you to keep your science out of my tech stuff. Right. Okay. <laughs> I, got I just it. like being, I just like the fact that we have another podcast where I can I can conveniently waste it off on exactly. them. Exactly. Okay. So, uh, oh, and I, I was also going to mention uh, suspended coasters also have a um, pivoted joint. Many of them have a pivoted joint. Oh yeah. So that to... when you go, yeah. yeah. So that when you go around uh, turns, you swing out. Like we're doing this we're stuff doing with the our motions, hands, so yeah, you can see that, right? It's too bad this isn't a video podcast. But uh, yeah, when you go around when you go around curves, because it's a pivoted joint, you swing out due to centripetal force. Yeah, and um, that that also those can be a lot of fun. Not all of them have the pivoted joint. Some of them are more or less locked into place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now. We also can talk a little bit. There are most of these these modern roller coasters have very sophisticated computer systems in them. Yes, which have sensors along the track that can tell the the master computer system where each train is, how fast it's going, and uh, if there's a problem, can activate the various braking systems along the the track so that there are no collisions. So when everything's working fine, uh, if something were to happen, like let's say that a train stalled out for some reason, maybe the chain lift. Uh, stopped or maybe a train for some reason did not make a hill that it was supposed to. Um, the operator can shut down the ride. Some cases it's all automated and the operator is even taken out of the, the equation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these are just pretty basic sensors, really proximity sensors. They're usually very sensitive, but it's not like they're anything special, you know, that's unique to the roller coaster industry. Right, right. Um, and of course, uh, you know, the state 
regulators and I'm pretty sure every state are required to go out and check these yeah, monsters. OSHA pretty much takes care of that. Yeah. 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 Well, it depends on the I, – I don't think OSHA actually does the roller coaster inspections, do they? Well, they definitely come in if there's ever any problems. Okay, because I was so under the impression that in most cases it's the state that's responsible for okay. that. But I am. Well, I know that I know that whenever there's a, uh, I know that whenever there's an incident, making air quotes, that uh, <laughs> that OSHA does come in and, do, yeah. and does an investigation. So, uh, if nothing else, you do the the, you know, administrative work so that you don't ever have to endure that because. Not only is it a legal nightmare, it's a PR nightmare. And plus, I mean, people just – no one wants anyone to get no. hurt while they're operating mm-hmm. stuff. Nope. Except for boxers and, if, and UFC fighters. Okay, yeah. some people do, but not in roller coasters. Right. And of course, uh, <laughs> and of course, um, you know, make sure that when you're interested in riding one of these machines that you uh, follow the instructions because, you know, people of a certain height, people of a uh, – um, you know, if you have certain medical conditions, you shouldn't be riding these things because yeah, these, the forces the, involved can be a lot. You yeah. Know, if you're, uh, and, and the safety equipment on these things is long. designed for, for a pretty wide range of people. But if you fall outside that range of people, you definitely shouldn't be on the coaster because there's no guarantee that that safety equipment is going to work for you. Yes. Indeed. So, um, yeah. As, as some, uh, like when I was very little, I know that I wasn't allowed to go on a certain roller coaster because I didn't quite make the height requirement. When I was bigger and I got to ride it, I saw why because I had the shoulder harness thing and it would have gone right over my face. Like the, the, I, my face would have been partially blocked by the shoulder harness coming down because it was yeah. one of the, the, the U shaped ones. And, uh, that would not have been a very comfortable ride. So it was all for the best. So what's your favorite roller coaster of all time? Um, uh, keeping in mind that, uh, you know, I'm not into the super duper Freaky, cool coasters like right, everyone else. Right, you like the kiddie coasters. Like yes, we, we've already much. established that. Um, just going by a, uh, by my personal favorite, like by how much I enjoyed it. I think the uh, the Dueling Dragons down at Universal Studios. That's not a that's not a kiddie coaster. Well, no, it's that's not. But it's not though. like a you know, it's not like the uh, so the fire one you were mentioning. or ice. You know, I liked both of them. Oh, I yeah. like the fact that. It, that they can make it feel like that, that's one of the cool things about coasters is they they like putting you in these tunnels where you feel like you're going to lose your head even though it's way there's no way you could ever do that right and when you're when they race the the fire and ice dragon coasters you feel like you're going to touch you see the feet of the people on the right, other ride right. and it looks like you're going to you know smack into them my favorite is whichever side ends up going up a wall at one point and I can't remember which side oh, that I is I don't remember now it's yeah. been. Ten years. It's been a while since I've ridden it too. <laughs> My favorite is the Millennium Force at Cedar Point. Yeah, fantastic roller coaster, and it's mainly for the first drop, which is really, really intense. Uh, Goliath over at Six Flags is pretty good too. It, it, if you can't ride the Millennium Force and you're in Atlanta, uh, go ride Goliath over at Six Flags because it's not. I, I'm not going to say it's equivalent. Because Millennium Force, I think, is still a superior coaster, but it's it's a good coaster. Yeah, especially if you you know. You're like me, and you don't mind the mind-numbing drops. I enjoy those. <laughs> that explains why you – never mind. Well, I guess that wraps it up uh, for roller coasters. Why don't we uh, go on to a little listener mail? This listener mail comes from George, and George says, Hey, I have an iPhone 3G, and I'm wondering which is safer, 3G or GPRS, because I'm always hearing that phone signals cause radiation. But I kind of believe this, so could you please tell me which is safer or gives out less radiation? Thanks. Love the podcast. Well, George, I hate to break this to you, yeah, but cell phones work on radiation. 
It's all the frequencies that are coming in and out of your cell phone. That That's energy that is radiating from your phone <laughs> yeah, going all, to your phone. All cell phones give out radiation. Yeah. Apparently more when you talk than when you listen. I found out the other day. Now, radiation does not necessarily mean that it's harmful. Radiation is just – that's energy moving out. That's It doesn't necessarily mean it's harmful energy. Now, as far as cell phones go – the studies are inconclusive right now mm-hmm. as to whether or not cell phone use, uh, extended cell phone use, causes any kind of physiological effect, like whether it would be uh, a, a cancer or if it would uh, uh, negatively affect your you know, brain functions. There's just not enough information there for anyone to really say for sure. The information we do have so far suggests that if there are any harmful effects – uh, it's going to have to come after years and years of use because there's just not a lot of documented cases of it out there. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't worry about it too much. And really, when it comes down between 3G and GPRS, not a whole lot of difference because you're just talking about two different frequency bands. Yeah, most of, of the information I've seen uh, suggests that depends more on the cell phone than it does the uh, frequency on which it is broadcasting. Right. Some cell phones are going to be powerhouses and some cell phones are mm-hmm. not going to be able to – Transmit through cardboard. Uh, although the uh, location of the antenna apparently does make a difference too. Right. Uh, some cell phones have the antenna farther away from your head, some closer. Um, I'm sure that the people who uh, are most worried about it will tell you that it doesn't matter. It's all radiation and it's right next to your head. Um, so, Well, George, I guess what we're saying is that keep looking for studies about it because – no one's really uh, definitively come down and said whether or not they they cause any harm in the future. Um, I'm I'm still using my 3G cell phone. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, so uh, you know, keep an eye out. Uh, you got an iPhone? There's probably an app for that. Um, and uh, if we hear anything else, we'll update it. We'll probably do an episode about it. Yep. So if any of you have any questions, concerns, criticisms, you want to tell us what your favorite roller coaster is, you can write us. Our address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. Remember, we have a live show every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, and you can find that at our blogs, blogs.howstuffworks.com. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. Come on, let's go. Let's go ride. Okay. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?